No. Yes. Man, works every time. Hey guys, welcome into another episode of the Super Duper Flex Bros. Today is Thursday, July 9th. Um, I'm your host, Sam. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tight Ends Matter. And with me, as always, is uh, my Super Duper Flex Bro, Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I have not joined the uh, Twitter universe yet, but you can follow me, follow us uh, at uh, Super Duper Flex Bros on Instagram. So I think we are almost at double-digit followers. So if you want to go ahead and follow us there, you, you'll also be able to see later this afternoon the uh, new sweatshirt that has been designed that we're going to be selling. Um, so it's going to be $40 for a sweatshirt, any any size, extra small to double uh, XL. And all of the proceeds will be going to a, uh, a donation organization. So uh, we haven't decided where that's going to go to yet, but if you're interested in a sweatshirt, I know some of the, the listeners have been asking about that swag. Oh yeah, we finally came up with one. So go check it out on Instagram and uh, just send me a DM if uh, if you're interested, and we'll get that sent to you. Um, yeah. Also, yep. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say our uh, our insiders we'll, we'll be reaching out to them for their addresses, and we'll get those shipped out to them too. Absolutely. And uh, the other three things that we're going to talk about today um, in today's show is the 12-man season-long league that we'll be drafting starting this Saturday. We're going to be talking about my favorite breakout tight end for 2020, and I believe you've got a segment on overpaying to get your guy. Yeah, that sounds good, and we we probably shouldn't uh, continue the show without mentioning Raheem Mostert. Uh, so, so real quick, uh, by now, pretty much everyone's heard he's requested a trade out of San Francisco. Uh, he didn't do much in his career up until now. Uh, he's just kind of bounced around from team to team. He's been on a, almost half the teams in the league. Um, so teams kind of know what they'd be getting with him, and he, he just got hot for that Super Bowl run. So, Tom, if you're looking for an RB3, would, would you be willing to pay even a 2021 third round pick for Mostert or are you just hands off knowing that um, if he's not in San Francisco, he's probably not going to be relevant. Well, I think, uh, I think a third round is the, uh, is a, is a good fair price. I think if you're the owner, you're going to be trying to get more than that, obviously. But um, as somebody who, who values my picks and doing a lot of research before these, these rookie drafts, I know I can uh, get a, get a player like Flynn Bowden um, or, or Joshua Kelly in that same range. But, uh, Raheem Mostert, if he is still with uh, the, the 49ers, I, I think he's a very valuable RB2 for the season, but he's he's already age 28. Like you said, he's been with a lot of teams. Uh, he's benefited from the Kyle Shanahan and the, the use check uh, fullback in the, the run game. So I think he uh, I, I understand he, he's trying to get paid before his his days in the NFL are done. Um, but I, I definitely wouldn't be paying very much for, for Mostert right now. All right, well, yeah, let's jump into it. Yeah, do you, do you agree, or would, would you be paying more than a third um, round for him? No, no, I'd consider a third, yeah, if I owned him. I think that would be a hard pill to swallow, so if someone offered me a second, I'd do that. Um, but, yeah, it's probably low-end second, high-end third is, is going to be his value. Um, so if you want to take that risk, you, you can grab him. There, there's potential he could end up with a different team um, and be productive, but it's not going to be very long. 
if if he does end up getting traded, is there a running back in that uh, 49ers game that you uh, would, would be trying to go after in, in trades right now if, if all of these guys get scooped up in free agency? Yeah, actually, I just picked up um, Selvin Ahmed, Jamichael Hasty, and Jeff Wilson all in one league. I, I spent $33 total in FAB, um, and that's FAB for this current season, so I just spent a third of this year's FAB. On those guys, um, I would love to add Tevin Coleman onto that too, just own that entire backfield. So um, for, for trades, yeah, I'd be trying to acquire Tevin Coleman. I think he's going to be flex worthy this next season, uh, which I know you're happy to hear. And then uh, in free agency, if any of those guys are out there, I'd say just, just pick them up. You never know what happens. Uh, pe- people didn't expect Mostert to do anything, but in that offensive scheme, those running backs always produce. So even if Jarek McKinnon's out there, just scoop him up and see if see if he uh, gives you any value this season. Yeah, it, it seems like there, there's something about the 49ers and the, the Seahawks backfield. Whoever whoever that back is, he's, he's going to get you a solid 10, 15, or, or 20 points in, in PPR per week. And then I, I guess they're kind of the, the polar opposite of the uh, the, the Patriots backfield right now that, that everybody's trying to stay away from. Yeah, I think that, that brings up a good point. Would you rather own the entire Patriots backfield or the uh, 49ers backfield? I think if I owned either, I would be, I would be selling. I, I was lucky to sell all of the, the Patriots backfield, in my opinion, and get some second round picks that turned into uh, Justin Jefferson and, and Brian Edwards. So I, I think I would take those guys. Um, and hope for for them to have a strong career instead of trying to figure out the uh, the run game in in New England. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that the Patriots they have a higher drafted pedigree, of course, with Sony Michelle and Damian Harris, and then uh, they've got Rex Burkhead who's come in and been productive, and James White, of course. Uh, so on paper, they look like the better team, but with the 49ers, you typically know week to week who's gonna be that hot hand at least. Uh, based on the previous games, they, they gave Tevin Coleman the ball until he couldn't produce, and then they've done the same thing with Breda. And now they they rode out the season with with Mostert, so he was a, almost a league winning um, player for for a lot of teams that made the postseason with him. So it 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 sounds gross, but I think I'd actually rather have the 49ers over the uh, the Patriots and Dynasty. Yeah, I can't. I can't argue against that. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll join forces with you on that one. Go, go out and get the 49ers backfield. Yeah. All right. Well, what do we got planned for today? What do you want? All to right. Into? So, um, like you said in the last podcast, we had some listeners asking about when we're going to start up the the next draft, and you put together another 12 man season long league. So this isn't a, a guillotine league. Did you want to go ahead and explain the uh, the layout and? I, I believe we still have six openings before we start drafting in two days here. Yeah, so it's a super flex league, and then you've got three wide receivers instead of two. Um, and so besides that, it's going to be uh, pretty pretty standard. I shouldn't say standard, so half-point scoring. So no, no tight end premium with this being season long. Um, so we've got half the rosters full, and then our, our usual – uh, suspects like to join these leagues. I've, I've reached out to a couple of them, and with all the COVID uncertainty, uh, they're a little hesitant to join. So I totally understand that. So we're still hoping to get that league filled by this weekend. Um, if not, we'll probably push it out week by week until uh, people are a little more confident there's there's going to be a season. I've, I've got a uh, full faith that Roger Goodell 
uh, is going to uh, focus on getting this this season. So I, if you go on Twitter, there's a lot of people that are thinking that the season isn't going to be happen happening. I, I don't I don't want to put that out there yet. So I I'm still confident we're going to figure something out. Uh, there's going to be probably deeper benches, more quarterbacks on on rosters in case if uh, there is a positive COVID testing. But uh, let's 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 just hope for a, a season and um, we'll just keep drafting that way. Yeah, I've, I've kind of been comparing the NFL season in 2020 to the uh, the documentary Firefest, where it was it was looking like it was going to be a shit show from the beginning. And uh, the people in charge just kept saying, "Nope, it's it's happening. We're we're having this concert. Just just uh, come on out, give us your money." And I, I kind of feel like the NFL is going to go the same way, where they're they're for sure going to have a week one, and maybe they only make it till halftime of the the first week. But there's there's definitely going to be a season. It's just going to be very different from from previous seasons. Yeah. Um, and then so for this. Uh, this new league, it's a $75 entry fee. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. And then um, it, how, how much of it is, is getting donated? Yeah. So we are donating 500 total to uh, food for the hungry. So $456 annually. So 38 bucks a month that feeds a child for an entire year. Uh, so we're going a little above and beyond by rounding up to 500. But then that leaves 400 bucks uh, for the champion. So we're just going to pay out first place uh, based on people paying $75. Uh, that's just the feedback we've gotten. They'd rather just have one big uh, pot for the, the champion. And it, there's not going to be draft pick trading, but there will be trading allowed uh, during the regular season throughout the Thanksgiving week. That's usually the cutoff. And that, that's assuming that everything um, goes on as planned with the schedule. Yeah. Well, cool. It sounds, sounds great. I'm, I'm uh, happy to be a part of an, another draft and um, hopefully uh, we get that filled this weekend. Otherwise, like you said, if, uh, if we still have a couple openings left then maybe we'll, we'll wait till next Saturday to, to start that draft. So on to uh, my favorite bre- breakout tight end in 2020. Um, so a lot of people have been talking about Johnny Smith, I know we were just talking off air a little bit. You're saying he's he's looking pretty pretty ripped. That he's he's put on some muscle for the upcoming season. Yeah, I think he's been listening to the super duper flex bros and getting those arm workouts in for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely got those uh, popping biceps. And uh, Mike Isicki is also another uh, favorite. People are talking about the the video of him throwing the football from uh, one side of the house and running through the house and catching it. Have you seen that video yet? No, I haven't. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, but it's pretty pretty entertaining, and of course, uh, Hayden Hurst getting traded from the Ravens to the Atlanta Falcons. Those are the, the tight ends that have been getting tacked up. And then my my favorite uh, deep stash guy, of course, Caden Smith. But uh, you've heard me talk about him enough already. So my tight end that I'm gonna be trying to grab in every single season along league this year is Chris Herndon tight end for the New York Jets. Um, last year, I, w- I was targeting two tight ends with my, my late tight end strategy. Typically, when, when it's a seasonal long one quarterback league, then I'll, I'll, I'll wait on, on grabbing a, a quarterback and tight end and try to load up on those, those stud wide receivers and, and running backs. So, so last year, I was going after Mark Andrews and Chris Herndon. 
Um, luckily for me, I was able to scoop up Mark Andrews in, in most uh, most drafts because I think he was ranked the 15th overall tight end and uh, Chris Herndon was ranked 18th or 20th. So the, um, a lot of times they, they were, were basically going undrafted. So I just wait till one of my last picks to get them. Um, so in, uh, in uh, 2018, Chris Herndon and Mark Andrews were, were both uh, rookies. And Mark Andrews' season, he started in three games, caught 50 targets or had 50 targets, caught 34 balls um, for 552 yards. Three touch three touchdowns, and he had a drop rate of six percent. So he had he only had three drops on the season, so that, that's pretty good. And uh, Chris Herndon, meanwhile, uh, started in in twelve games, so nine more than Mark Andrews. He had fifty six targets, so six more targets than Mark Andrews. Thirty nine receptions, five hundred and two yards, four touchdowns, and a drop rate of one point eight percent. So as a rookie, Chris Herndon only had one drop. Um, and not to mention that that uh, 2018 season was Sam Darnold's rookie season as well. So in, uh, in 2019, Chris Herndon started the season out suspended. And then um, I believe you're one of the, the owners who got burned by him where he I think he only played a handful of snaps before he, he ended up getting hurt and uh, missed the, the rest of the season. Yeah, yep. I, I actually just by chance I stacked him and Noah Fant in one of our leagues. Um, so at Noah Fant's only bye week, I was forced to play Herndon, his first healthy start, and I think he had uh, one catch for about seven or eight yards. But yeah, so I was I was burned by him. So uh, I think I'm a good example of somebody that's probably undervaluing Chris Herndon. Uh, even in that dynasty league, I think I went ahead and dropped him to uh, pick somebody else up. So. Uh, yeah, you make some really good points. He, like you said, there he's on the exact same trajectory as Mark Andrews. Uh, one of the differences, one of the many differences, is uh, Herndon not staying healthy, and then of course Mark Andrews catching balls from Lamar Jackson over Sam Darnold. But I like the opportunity for him to uh, get targets in New York, and it's not not a bad uh, stash for your second or third tight end at the end of drafts. And it, during this offseason, they um, signed uh, Rashad Perriman, who has is, is, uh, um, basically been a bust up until the last uh, four games, kind of like our, our boy uh, Raheem Mostert um, to close out the season with the Bucks. And they drafted Denzel Mims. Um, so they, they didn't draft a, another tight end. They did sign Ryan Griffin, but Ryan Griffin is basically a uh, poor man's version of, uh, of Austin Hooper. And uh, you and me both know Austin Hooper is just kind of a, a catch and fall down guy, whereas Chris Herndon's very athletic, was able to break a couple tackles with the ball in his hands and take it to the house. Um, so in, in 2018, he was um, a fourth round pick. Uh, Mark Andrews was taken just the around before. And when I was doing some some re- research for this show, I, uh, I looked up all the, the tight ends from this 2018 class. It's pretty impressive. So the first tight end taken was Hayden Hurst. Then Mike Isecki, number two. Number three, Dallas Goddard. Number four, Mark Andrews. Five, Jordan Akins. Six, Ian Thomas, who a lot of people are calling for a breakout this season. Seven, Chris Herndon. And then eight was Will Disley. So a lot of uh, a lot of good tight ends, which is pretty impressive now that it's it's 2020. And 
basically uh, uh, a fourth of the league's tight ends are all, all coming from this class. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's impressive. And it, I think I told you off air, I wasn't going to mention the uh, tight ends model and the website, but I, I'm just too excited about it. So I got to mention it and um, I'll throw out there right now. My tight end opportunity model does not like Ian Thomas. Uh, I'm hoping to get all this material on um, the website that we'll be releasing here in the next week. So everybody can look at it. Um, but, but based on what you just shared, I think a lot of people, they're scrambling to grab Ian Thomas over Herndon, but you make a good case for Herndon over somebody like Thomas. Yeah, I think uh, I think Perriman and Denzel Mims are more of that uh, kind of bully receiver on, on the outside where they're, they're going to get like three to five targets per game. But I feel like uh, Chris Herndon's going to be more of that um, short, intermediate route, third down guy. Um, so he, he, I, I, I think getting drafted in, in 2018 together with Sam Darnold, I, I think they've got some rapport built on that a lot of people have forgotten about. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how Chris Herndon performs, and I think he could have a, a breakout season and put up some tight end, uh, tight end one numbers for you. All right. What, what else do we got planned for today? All right. Well, uh, I think it's time to start talking about overpaying to get your guy in drafts. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited for this. I've, I've been guilty in a few of my leagues of overpaying. So um, I, I think it's something that in the dynasty community, we're always afraid of looking, looking silly if we package in a first round pick. Uh, but historically, first round picks, they only about half of them hit. So you think back to just last year with Damian Harris, Darrell Henderson, uh, David Montgomery, those were all guys that were expected to produce at least flex-worthy numbers. Um, and uh, even David Montgomery was barely able to do that, getting the majority of touches in Chicago. Um, but so back back to the main point of this theme is in Dynasty, you, you want to have some quality backup players on your bench, but you also don't want to have too many players where each, each week you're, you're really struggling at one position uh, but you're still holding on to all these other guys. So, for, for example, in uh, one of our two QB leagues, uh, I only have two quarterbacks. So this isn't a super flex league. This is a two QB league where you have to start two quarterbacks. So in this particular league, I have Daniel Jones and Jared Goff. So kind of high-end QB2 uh, quarterbacks. So I, I'm happy with that, and they're both young enough that they should, they should uh, be productive the next few years but I did not have a third quarterback. So that means if there's an injury and then on the weeks that the Rams and the Giants have a bye, I'd be taking a complete zero at that position. And that's that's one of the more safe positions where you don't want to just accept taking a zero. Uh, so I, I did one of the, uh, the big dynasty sins, um, at least what a lot of people would perceive it as. And I traded away Mike Evans for the 104 so I could grab – uh, Tua, so on, on paper, does, does that look pretty bad? Uh yeah, definitely on on paper, that, that looks <laughs> awful. So, so my my thought process behind this is to get that third quarterback in a two QB league. So this is a little bit different than a super flex, uh, but in that particular league, at wide receiver, you you start two, and then you also have two flex, so you can start up to four wide receivers. So. I had Mike Evans as my one, A.J. Brown as my two, uh, Cooper Cup 
as three. And then I had four wide receivers after that draft that I could also play in uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Golden Tate, Jalen Rager, and T. Higgins. So trading away Mike Evans actually gave me that, that benefit that now I can plug in one of these guys that I'm going to kind of stream off my bench. Uh, so for this particular example, I've got A.J. Brown, who people are taking as a low-end uh, wide receiver one in startups. He ended the season as a top 20 wide receiver on limited touches. Cooper Cup, who uh, was a top five wide receiver when healthy. So this past season, and then two years ago before he got hurt, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, he's averaged uh, wide receiver 26 over the last six seasons. So a very low end wide receiver too. And then Golden Tate averaging wide receiver 17 overall finish from 2014 to 2018 before being injured last season. Uh, and then partnering those with both Jalen Rager and T Higgins. So all this to say in, in the dynasty community, again, you might feel a little silly being that guy that overpays for a position, but next season, if, if Mike Evans isn't a top five wide receiver, uh, again, uh, sharing the field with Chris Godwin and Tom Brady is going to be beating Gronk in the red zone. And they're trying to establish that running game to partner with an up and coming, uh, defense, I think it's fair to say that we could actually see Tua going above Mike Evans in two QB startups. So do you have any thoughts on that, Tom? Yeah, um, as somebody who drafted Mike Evans at at the 201 in a um, startup last year, um, this most recent startup that I did last week, he's he's actually got taken at the uh, 304. So he's already dropped um, about 15 or, or 20 spots since, uh, since, um, I, I took them just a year ago and, uh, I was able to take Tua at the, the 608. So there's still a three round gap between them this year. Uh, but I, I think, I think Kyler Murray was probably somebody who was getting taken around, um, round seven or eight last year in startups. And, uh, now just a year later, he's getting taken in the first round. So if, uh, Tua can stay healthy and, um, get some, some playing time by the, the end of the season and he shows that he's an NFL caliber quarterback, then Mike Evans, he, he's not getting any younger and he's not playing with a quarterback who's going to be airing it out like James Winston. So to see him go from the start of a second to the middle of the third this year, he's probably going to be a, a fourth or fifth round pick in 2021, whereas two is going to be climbing up into that uh, possible second or even first round Um of startups in in 2021 so I, I think that's also a reason to trade back from the first round to gain assets in the, the second and third round because w- when you draft somebody in the first round you're you're drafting them at their their absolute peak they're not you can't you can't draft any any higher than the first round so if you're able to get somebody in the second or third or in this case in the sixth round and trade them for a first rounder then you're you've um You've increased your your uh, your profit margin there, so um, I, I I completely agree with with uh, trading Mike Evans in your situation since you were, were so deep at, at wide receiver, and in, in three years Tua could could uh, very well be the QB one in the NFL if he stays healthy. So I uh, I like it. All right. Well, and then another example, um, just to have another uh, trade to to talk about. So I I won't bore you with the 
the roster construction or anything, but so in this particular league, it's a uh, super flex tight end premium. Um, so I had, I believe the 11 pick out of 12. So I went with my boy, George Kittle. So you can't go wrong taking Kittle in the first round of a tight end premium, even if it is super flex. Uh, but in this league, I, I wanted to upgrade from uh, Teddy Bridgewater as my QB two to Lamar Jackson. So that's that's a pretty pretty tall task. Uh, so in, in that league, I packaged Teddy Bridgewater, my first round pick next year, and George Kittle. Uh, so definitely overpaying in that. But what I was able to do after the, the draft was completed, and this is, I think, 10 bench spots and five uh, taxi squads, Jason Witten was still sitting agency so playing jason witten that sounds pretty gross but would you be surprised if i told you since 2009 he has never finished below tight end 11 that's, that's pretty even, impressive that's, that's even after taking an entire season off to uh stand awkwardly in a booth at espn <laughs> yeah so uh tight end 11 that's not winning you any games but like we know uh, Jason Witten does not have those boom weeks. So tight end 11 is a true uh, low-end tight end one who's going to give you four, five, six catches uh, a week, um, probably around 50 total yards, and then throwing a touchdown here or there. So in that particular league, uh, I definitely overpaid for Lamar, uh, but I'm stacked at every other position. So now I've got Lamar and Daniel Jones. So I've got a Daniel Jones theme going. So if, if he busts for me, I'm probably going to be in trouble. <laughs> well, um, but, and, and I, yeah, I assume you, you drafted uh, Caden Smith in the late round in that, in that league as well. He, he was, uh, he was sniped um, right, right, right before I was going <laughs> to take him. But I've got, I've got a handful of, I got my Harrison Bryant and, and all my favorite rookie tight ends. Um, but so that, that just goes to say, if, if you want to get your guy, you might have to overpay, but but that's okay. So in this in this case, uh, definitely overpaid for Lamar Jackson. But after week one, if Lamar Jackson rushes in two touchdowns, has 80 rushing yards, 250 passing yards, and looks just as good as he did last year, and Teddy Bridgewater has 250 yards, 12 yards rushing, um, a touchdown and an inter- interception. I don't think I'd be able to package him for uh, for Kittle in a first to try to get Lamar Jackson. So uh, part part of this is deciding that I'm in win now mode too. But d- don't be afraid to make those moves. So it yeah. might kind of upset some of the some of the uh, other players in your league. But just tell them to to come to you with a with a trade offer and you can get something done. But in in superflex, uh, you're gonna have to pay up for those quarterbacks. So. That's yeah. that's kind of my my thoughts, and that that's me uh, defending myself. So. Well, and and the the closer that you get to uh, the the rookie draft, then the the tighter people are going to hold on to those those first round picks. And uh, I, I I made a similar move, so it wasn't for a quarterback, but it was um, in order to get another another running back. So this was in a, a two quarterback league, where I, I have Kyler, Kirk Cousins, and Ryan Tannehill, and instead of trying to guess it each week if I should play Cousins or Tannehill I decided that I was going to trade him a late second and James White 
to acquire um, the, the 107 that turned into J.K. Dobbins, who I actually um, believe could be a league winner. Uh, last year, the, the Ravens um, were, were able to make Mark Ingram a, an RB1 yet again. Um, but if, if you look at the numbers, he, he was only rushing 15 times per game because they were still giving the, the ball to Justice Hill and, uh, and Gus Edwards. So I actually think J.K. Dobbins will come in and get about 10 uh, carries per game. And once he, he breaks a couple of long ones, I think he's going to eventually become the, the starter by the end of the season. But um, look, looking at uh, what I gave up to acquire J.K. Dobbins, so uh, Tannehill finished the season as a – uh, a quarterback one um, but in this uh this this draft that i i just did last week Tannehill went in the seventh round uh J- jordan love who was taken with the the late second that i gave up was taken in the, in the 13th round and james white was taken in the 14th round whereas jk dobbins was taken in the um, late second so i basically gave up a seventh round 13th round and 14th round to get a, a second round pick. Um, so the, I, I, I agree with you. Sometimes you got to uh, pay up on paper to get your guy. Um, but if, uh, if it's somebody that you, you really believe that can win you the league, like Lamar Jackson did last year, or what I think JK Dobbins can do this year, then you got to push your chips in sometimes and, and go for, for it all. Well, it sounds like everybody's paying up for Ravens now too. So yep. that's an offense that I think a lot of people think is, um, they're going to continue to perform like they did last season with a lot of uh, continuity. And they really just added pieces. They didn't subtract any. Yeah. But um, along the lines of, of paying up, I think, I think it needs to be pointed out that you can't just unload your, your garbage. You can't, that in, in order to get these, these uh, um, stellar players, you can't don't, don't try to send like a, a Rex Burkhead, Kelvin Harmon, um, Justice Hill try, trying to get like a Derrick Henry for that or something like if you're if you're really going to be paying up and giving up multiple players don't insult your teammates and try to try to give up your trash actually give up some some decent assets so if you if you're if you're that guy trying to just send out trash for for treasure then um, eventually people are, aren't going to want to do trades with you and they're just going to start rejecting your trades without even looking at them I know we have a couple of guys like that in, in some of our leagues so um, just, just, uh, a friend, friendly reminder. Don't be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every league, well, I shouldn't say every league, but a handful of leagues do, do have people that are throwing out those traits and, um, it, it really discourages people from even wanting to counter or, or make other offers. So, um, yeah. Any other thoughts you want to close us out with? Well, just uh, a closing note on that. If you're, if you're somebody who's uh, willing to lose a trade every once in a while, like some of the trades that you were talking about where, where you're actually uh, losing more value then that, that also builds um, good uh, trade relationships with other people. So in the future, um, then maybe they'll, they'll remember that you scratch their back and they'll, uh, they'll scratch yours in the future. Yeah. Well, in, in this case, I, I've, I've got some back rubs coming my way. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out. You're, you're, you're definitely entitled to, to a couple of back rubs here. <laughs> Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks for joining the show, Tom. Um, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll see if we get that league filled up. Otherwise, we'll push that out another week. And if you're not in a, uh, a league with us already, go ahead and uh, join us on, on Instagram. Send me a, a DM and I'll, I'll hook you up with the, uh, uh, the invite on, on Sleeper. And then we can get this next uh, season-long draft completed.
So uh, do we have a, a date in mind where we should submit um, any interest in those sweatshirts before we do that, that bulk order? Um, the, the sooner the better, but I'm going to plan on ordering these by, uh, by next Saturday. So the, okay. the 18th would be, would be a great time to let us know if you're interested in one of those sweatshirts. I think we have um, seven people interested right now. Um, and then, so maybe, maybe we'll just order around 20, but that's uh, business details we can talk about off air. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right. Until next time, keep it flexy.